Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Athletic School Podcast. Today, our guest speaker is Riley Witt. He's on the track, track and field at Northwest Missouri State University. And today, we're going to talk about a little bit of his career uh, and all his knowledge about running. Riley, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. I've listened to a few episodes of yours, and as a fellow podcaster myself, I, I respect the hustle for sure. I I appreciate that. Um, well, I. I wanted to to learn more more about yourself, uh, and I'm sure everyone wants to to learn a little bit of your background. So, if you could share a little bit of your story, how you started running, uh, why track and field, um, and how things are going for you. Yeah, I mean, way back. I guess I don't know how far back you want me to start, but I played a lot of sports in high school. Um, my parents were really good at getting me involved. I was homeschooled, actually, uh, like all throughout middle school, elementary school, high school. I never went to like a public school, I guess preschool. I went to public school, but my parents were like, okay, if we want this kid to have like some social connections, let's get him in sports. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was fortunate enough to have parents who are, you know, that wanted me to do that so i was in basically every sport that i could um if you asked me i probably would have told you football like american football is my favorite sport um in like elementary and middle school i actually played for an aau football team which was kind of a big deal in iowa i was a, a left guard so like a lineman and i was like 80 pounds so kind of like the the big transition here but then when it came to high school, um, I mean, elementary school and middle school, I played like seven high school sports or six high school sports or something. So like I was doubling up in a lot of the seasons. Mm -hmm. um, and my eighth grade year, my mom was like, she didn't force me, but she kind of like pushed me towards like cross country. Uh, I was decent in track my seventh grade year. And she was like, okay, you, you've got to try cross country because my mom ran. Um, she ran a little bit in college and she ran some marathons too. So she's like, okay just appease me, just go out. Um, so it was in the same time as football season. So I would go to football practice and it was a small enough school that they just wanted numbers. So they were like, I mean, whatever, you don't have to sh show up to practices. You can just show up to meets. So I just practiced football, went to the football meets. And then when I could, I would go to the cross country meets um, just like and skip football practice if that was mm -hmm. like a possibility. And so I'd go to football practice, run home, um, like my mom would drop me off a couple miles from home and I would just run home for my, my running practice. Like I didn't really actually train that much for cross country. Mm. And my mom's one stipulation was if I got top five at my first ever cross country meet in eighth grade, I had to stick out for the rest of the season. She was like, just try it. You just have to go to one meet top five. You have to stay out. I was like, okay. And, you know, I could have just dogged it and like got last or something and never had to run again. But I was pretty competitive at that point. So I actually won the race. Um, so I had to stay out for the rest of the season and went well. I think I got like second at the state meet or something my eighth grade year. And then I had to make the hard decision because I probably wasn't going to be able to double up in high school, play football mm -hmm. and cross country. That would have been really difficult. Um, so I decided after like a lot of prayer and a lot of contemplation, I decided to go all in on running. So then I, I quit football, just ran cross country and track. Um, I played baseball for a few years 
Mm-hmm. But that's kind of how I got started and then just trained with my high school coach. And then uh, a long story, I don't know if you want me to get into that, but I met a club coach and worked with him and then started working for him and training some of my own athletes as well. But mm-hmm. that's kind of how I got started. Long story. but Yeah, no, but I, I love that. And, and something that I'm always interested to know is like, um, so here in the U.S., um, everyone plays a lot of different sports, right? Uh, and I'm from Brazil, and I think in any other countries, we don't play anything else besides soccer or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe some volleyball here and there, maybe a little bit of basketball if you go to a few countries in Europe. Um, so I'm always interested to know, like, um, if people think that playing multiple sports helps them or if it kind of like just got in the way, which I think for track and field and cross country is a little different because, I mean, I know there's technique involved, right? But it's different than soccer, it's different than football, right? You can spend, you could have like in soccer, a, a big thing for for us when we compare the US to other countries is, well, in the US kids are playing th- uh, g- five different sports and while in brazil i'm playing soccer since i'm i'm three years old right so when we are 15 of course i'm gonna be better than you in soccer right um but i think it's always interesting because it's just so hard to tell um but what what are your thoughts on that do you think um it helps you in a way or do you think uh it doesn't help what are your thoughts yeah, with running, the sport is is all about physiology. The mm-hmm. the fitter you are, the better you're going to be. There's a whole, I mean, there's not too much skill involved. Mm-hmm. Sure, there's some tactics, racing tactics and stuff, but that can be learned very quickly. Um, but it's mostly physiology. So the fitter you are, um, the better you're going to be. So mm-hmm. it, there's the argument of like specialization at a young age or like diversification of sports kind of fizzles out when it comes to running. Like there's there's the mental aspect. If I only ran since I was three years old until, you know, I'm 25, maybe I'll burn out. Maybe I won't get interested in the sport. But for me, that was never really an issue. I, I never had much of a motivation problem. But if if I did, um, and if someone out there kind of has a burnout or motivation problem, um, well, first, I could probably fix that with some, some different tactics and different supplementation protocols. But... Uh, it, Simply put, maybe that would be more beneficial for someone like that. Like the running is completely uh, one directional, where other sports, you're cutting back and forth. It's more three three dimensional. You're jumping and stuff like that. Running, there's nothing. So the what makes us better at running is running. Um, but what makes you better at basketball might be a little bit of soccer because you have more agility or something. Uh, I can't speak to those sports because I'm not really an expert at them. But but I think specialization is more fine i guess in our sport than it is other sports like if you wrestled or something yes you should probably do as many sports as you can um time permitting um but spending the most on your like specific sports Mm -hmm. no yeah that makes sense yeah i i like that that way to to look at it um and then i want to go back to the way that you decided between football and track uh because I'm sure a lot of people go through that. And I mean, we have different choices in our lives that we go through um, every day. And, you know, you mentioned a little bit of prayer and, and stuff like that. Um, 
So tell me a little bit more about how was that choice? Uh, it was because you were better at track or it was, you know, a sign that you that you that you got from the universe, from God, whatever you believe in. Uh, how, how was that? Yeah, I think naturally the easy decision would be to, to side with my ego. Uh, I was from a small 1A school and like football was a thing. Cross country, you know, the losers did that. So it would have been so easy just to pick like, oh, I'm going to go play football. I'm going to be a popular kid. People are going to like me um, and whatever else. Like, I didn't know if I was going to go to college at that point for a sport. But um, through conversations with my older sister and a good friend on my team um, who I really looked up to, he was faster than me at the time. Um, and like my parents and again, through prayer, uh, I grew up in a very religious family and that was a big part of my like upbringing. So I think that helps a lot is, is just like tapping in to that side of it and, and getting answers that way. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, the easy decision, egotistical decision, I want to be popular to go football, but I think sometimes the harder decisions are often like the more, uh, I don't know, not beneficial maybe, but they sometimes pan out a little bit more if you're willing to like have short-term suffering for a long-term gratification. But yeah, I guess that's kind of how I made it. It was a long time ago, so I don't remember exactly what I was going through like mentally, but yeah. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. Um and that that's interesting because um I was talking to my friend the other day and I was like if I had the chance back then to choose a different sport, I think I think I would and I would do mm. Pretty similar to to what you did, um, but I would focus more on going to an individual sport, just because I knew that I would be more in control of my results. And I think I'll, I'm actually I think I'm pretty good in taking ownership of my results. But when it comes to soccer, um, basketball, basketball a little less, but soccer, football, like there's so many different factors involved that you cannot control um that i think i would go another path and and when you say about like ego and stuff like that it makes a lot of sense because like back home um if you don't play soccer you don't play anything and if you play something else it's because you're not good at soccer so i want <laughs> so I, I wanted to prove to people like no i'm good enough and i'm gonna make it you know um but i mean looking back you know i'm not i don't try to spend a lot of uh, to waste a lot of energy trying to oh what I would have done, but at the same time, like yeah, if there was one thing that I could change, I would definitely try to try to go to in another route for sure. Yeah, because like running, I it, there's no skill, so it's all physiology. Like I'm limited by my mitochondrial density, my mitochondrial efficiency, and my like genetic makeup. I have a ceiling when when I come to running. Like I nowhere near it yet, but I have one. Now, when you're in a skill sport or something, maybe like wrestling, where there's a lot of physiology and there's a lot of like muscular development, but also some skill and it's individualized, like what you were saying, like individualized, because then you don't have to worry about any other person screwing up yeah. like your event. I mean, there's less of a, like a ceiling risk there. So uh, mine has a bit of a risk because I didn't know if I was going to be like a genetic freak, which I'm certainly not. So I just had to work harder than some of the, the genetic freaks, I yeah. guess. Yeah, and, and I love that because the other day I had another guest that talked about about that and also the mental side of it. Because mm -hmm. in terms of training, we're gonna end up doing the same training, right? Like, there's just 
so much we can do in terms of training. But then when it comes to the mental side, that's when you see that who the great ones are. Right? So I think that 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 comes when that comes to play, I think that's really interesting. Um so you you mentioned uh working on with a, a coach back then and now you are in in college, um, you know, going to the nationals, going you were talking about how you wanna, you know, get a national title and everything. Um so I wanna I wanna know a little bit about training and how do you approach training. Um has anything changed since what since back then when you started and right now when you are in college? Yeah, like I said uh, a few times, like running is strictly physiology, strictly your fitness. So training is everything. Um like there's not a whole lot of skill things you do in practice, it's just reps and just mileage or whatever. So early on, uh, I thought naturally the faster I ran every day, the faster I would get, right? Like that makes sense. Um, now that I've gotten a little bit older, I understand more why that's not always a good idea. In middle school, I would run two miles every day and I would run it as hard as I could every single day. I would just time trial a two mile run every single day because I was racing two miles. So like that's how I get better, right? Why not? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or I was trying to break five minutes in the mile my eighth grade year. So I my treadmill went 12 miles an hour, which is five miles or five minutes per mile. Hmm. And so I just put it as fast as it could go and just ran as long as I could. And then I would just stop and then I would do it again the next day and see if I could make it farther and see if I could make it farther. Like I was just so... I mean, naive when it came to that, which rightfully so. I uh, I shouldn't have known any better. Um, so I just the the effort is not always like sweat isn't a currency of getting better, if that makes sense. Yes. So so now um, I'm definitely more optimized with my training. Uh, a lot more threshold work, which is sort of a, a moderate intensity. Um, some zone two stuff for like recovery. Um, and then some like the higher zones, like zone five and stuff, which who cares about heart rate or heart rate when you're going that fast. So like faster mile specific, 800 specific work. So I don't know if that really gives you an idea or what path you want me to take of like how no, it, I change my no, training. It makes, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, and that's what I was, I was looking for. Um, I think we, we are all like that in a way when we are younger, we think that, you know, just doing more and going faster is going to work better but once we grow up and we learn a little bit more it's you know it's taking a nap in the afternoon uh it's eating eating a little bit of more of these a little less of that um you know going to bed early waking up early stuff like that those small details that um add up and becomes like a compound interest that makes a huge difference uh, when we grow up, so yes, that that makes a lot of sense, and and I think it's it's good when we when we notice that, right? Because sometimes I I have a hard time, like uh, sometimes I want to go to the to the gym again one more time, and like maybe if I do, just do a little bit extra, I'll get a little bit uh, better faster. But that's not really how it works, right? It, it can it can work sometimes, but not necessarily. Yeah, like over break, I had a stress fracture last or this cross season, so I wasn't able to get much of a base training. So our training was a little bit uh, untraditional, I guess. Um, so we were doing a lot of double threshold sessions, even with low mileage, which some people might argue with me that that's not a good idea. But 
screw you guys. Like I'll tell you wrong, I guess. <laughs> um, but we were doing double threshold work, which is pretty moderate type efforts um, twice a day and then an easy day and then two moderate efforts like twice a day and then an easy day and an easy day and then like some speed stuff so I could actually run a mile at mile pace or 800 at 800 pace. And so like it's all about body awareness. I have uh, a whoop, um, which is like a, a quantification, like it quantifies your body's like recovery score, sleep metrics and all that type of stuff. And originally I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like I can see how my body's feeling. And I was like, wait a second, shouldn't I already know what my body's feeling? Like, hmm, yeah. there's something wrong here. But now that I've had it long enough and I've, I've kind of can like feel, I can feel my central nervous system strain. Or like when I do threshold work, I can feel exactly what my like millimoles of lactate is in my bloodstream. Did five by mile today. And I, it was like 505, 503, five flat, 458, and then five flat or something. I could tell without even taking like blood samples that I knew my millimoles of lactate were around like 3.8, four millimoles. Um, so it, it's all about, and it, I don't expect some new someone new into training to understand that that just comes with time that's why running is one of those sports that the biggest predictor of an improvement is a birthday so like the older you get the faster you're probably going to get to a certain extent of course but like you said the body awareness is is really everything so i guess for a better answer to your question that's what's changed more about my training throughout the years mm -hmm. yeah I, I love how how deep you went with um, the body, the body awareness. That's that's really that's really cool. Um, train low, compete high. What what does that mean to you? You've done your research. I did. Um, <laughs> so uh, I guess I I posted something on Instagram on the Accelerate Instagram page, which is like the podcast, and then also on my personal business page um, because it, it it stirred up a little bit of controversy, but train low, compete high. It was a principle that I started like subscribing to or started like following my junior year of high school, I believe I'm um, going into the cross country season. Um, I'm more of an 800 miler. Um, so middle distance guy. And then I have to move to 5k and now 8k, 10k when it goes to cross country. So I have to make a big jump in aerobic capacity, which is easier to do than lowering your anaerobic capacity. I'm pretty good at running decently fast, um, but that's not a good thing to do because you're producing more lactate when you're running for a longer distance. So I have to suppress that anaerobic system as fast as possible when I'm gearing up for cross-country season. And the way that I did that my junior and senior year of high school was um, training low in carbohydrates. So uh, basically a ketogenic diet or modified ketogenic diet um, throughout the summer. And then once it got up to more like big races, like districts, conference state, that's when I would add in more of the carbohydrate sources. So the carbohydrates were so that I could be more fat adapted and use fat in the early races. And then it would drop my anaerobic capacity. But then once I got to the bigger races, I'd bring them back in. And then I would have more energy and more fuel for when it actually mattered. So mm -hmm. if that gets and when you idea. when you say bring them in, do you mean like a, like like a day before, two days, that week? What what's the time frame? I guess if you're trying to like 
really hone it in, um, 36 to 48 hours mm. is, is the time you need to get carbohydrates from when you put it in your mouth to your blood, like your muscles. Mm -hmm. But, um, I wasn't that like concerned about it because the, the enzymatic processes that raise your anaerobic capacity back up aren't that quick. So I would do it for the last like four weeks or something and mm -hmm. just slowly build back up until my diet was about 80% carbohydrates. Okay. Fair, fair enough. Um, and, and you mentioned that you had a injury as well and that how that changed a little bit your, your training. Um, what are some strategies that, that you did to recover after you got that injury? Yeah. So, um, last indoor season, actually around this time. So about 12 months ago, I was starting to have some, some hip pain. Um, and it was like deep in my hip, kind of a, a pain that I've never really felt before and didn't know what it was. Went to the trainers twice a day, um, was doing everything I possibly could to figure it out. And we never really figured it out. And it just like kept, it was there. And at that point I kind of knew what it was. Um, like deep down I knew what it was, but was just pushing it off. Like, uh, maybe it's not. Um, and so we modified our training. I biked um just ran three times a week all standing rest all faster stuff at race pace because we qualified for nationals um so very untraditional um way of training but got through um then got through the outdoor season and was building up for cross-country season and then just one day it was just like nope it's back um and so then i i took some time off got an x-ray got an mri um, stress fracture in my femur, lesser trochanter of my femur. So then I was like, well, I'm pretty much out of cross country season at that point. It was too soon um, mm -hmm. to uh, heal it. But um, being kind of a nerd when it comes to exercise science and physiology and that type of stuff, I, I had quite the protocol to heal that. Um, I was mega dosing on vitamin D, uh, K2, and calcium. You, if you take calcium, it just goes in your bloodstream. So you really don't want that there. You want it in your bones. So you got to mix it with some K2 um, and some D3. You don't have to mix it with D3, but the K2 will shuttle it into your bones and that'll help it. Um, there's a, a, a supplement called, I think it's like osteoplex or yeah, osteoplex. It's like a osteoporosis medication or supplement. Um, so off label using that, like it was completely legal. Like it's, It's a, just a supplement on the shelves, but that also helps pretty well. Um, you can do some dry needling, some cupping, get some uh, blood flow to the area. I know it's really hard to get blood flow to the bone. One way of doing that um, that I found works really well, I have a red light therapy device. Um, so it's 660 to 880 nanometers of red light. And if it's powerful enough, it will get to the bone and stimulate um, the mitochondria in the bone and heal it faster. It was shown in rat studies, I believe, to increase bone healing by like 60%, which you can't really equate it because it's they have a whole lot less tissue around their bones, but it certainly does help. Mm -hmm. um, there's some other supplementation that uh, I won't get into that also really helped. Um, uh, what else did I use? I also had a, a bulging disc in my back. So Uh, that was causing some nerve pain. So I, I used uh, electromuscle stimulation, kind of fixed that area. Uh, I have a pretty uh, gnarly looking device. I'll send you a picture of it or something uh, of the EMS thing that, that really helped with my back. 
Um, I don't really have any issues now with it. And it's still bulging and still will be. But mm-hmm. just strengthening around that so I can keep it in. Um, what else did I do? I mean, that, that might that, be that the sounds, extent. Yeah, that sounds like a lot. And we're going to get to recovery a little bit. And I'm sure we can use at least some of that just to recover from just a hard mm. session. Uh, Absolutely. Not from an injury. Um, but you mentioned we mentioned something that, you, like, oh, I'm kind of a nerd uh, when it comes to, to that. And so my question is, how did you learn all of that? Is it something that you did by yourself? Because, I mean, you are in school right now, so you you didn't learn all of that in school right now. I don't even know your major, but um, I'm sure you did a lot of research by yourself. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, I had a lawn mowing job, like, when I was 14. And all I did was listen to podcasts um, on 2x speed and just churn through. I started with Ben Greenfield Fitness worked into Huberman lab wasn't even around at that point, but then worked into Andrew Huberman. Um, and then some like more fringe biohacking podcasts, Peter Atia, I really liked, but it was more so just like biohacking for health and for longevity, which mm-hmm. I didn't really care about living very long. Like back then, like who cares? I'm, yeah. I'm a teenager. I'm an athlete. I don't care about living to 120. I want to run fast. So that was kind of general knowledge. And then my junior year, once I met um, Ben Tillis from the Accelerate Performance Lab, that's where I worked for for a while. Um, that's when I, my interest sort of shifted more into sports performance, but I took the background in like overall health and mm-hmm. used that. And it really helped for like sports performance and stuff. And so mm-hmm. then I'm just, I'm super interested in like podcasts, which is the biggest way. Um, of course, like YouTube's a great way of learning a bunch of things. Um, but also different forums on Reddit and just scientific studies as well. If, if that's what, like for supplementation, which I'm really into right now, the, the studies are really what you want to look into. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I didn't learn a whole lot of that in school. I was homeschooled. So that helped give me a little bit more extra, like extra time yeah. um, for my own research. But yeah. Yeah. And it, I, I like that because uh, today I was actually making a post. Um, I'm reading a book. It's a pretty simple book. It's called 20 Ways of Stop Procrastination. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of the things that the guy was talking about is how you should upgrade your your skill, your key skill. Um, and then I was kind of like trying to relate that to sports. And and I feel like a lot of athletes, they don't do what you do uh, in mm-hmm. terms of researching. And, you know, of course, it's extremely important for you as a runner to recover and all of that but you know that also applies to to soccer to basketball to football and there are so many different things that you can learn about the the sport like so in soccer there's so many tactics uh football i cannot even imagine uh like how many running routes they they have you know um but if we if we learn a little bit more about it um maybe something that you know i think a uh, a lot of athletes, they just think that going to the field, going to the court, going to the track is going to make them better. Uh, but it's knowing those little details that you are mentioning, like this supplement is good for this, that supplement is good for that, you know. Uh, knowing those things, that's when we become an outlier. Um, because like we were mentioning before, we're going to end up doing the same training and it's going to be our mentality, it's going to be a supplement, it's going to be maybe a 30-minute nap that you take in the afternoon that's going to make you make you be 
I don't know, one second faster than the other guy, right? And I think I just wanted to kind of like point that out because I, I know that a lot of athletes and of course I'm in a small school here and you are in a bigger school, but like I can probably say that 80% of the athletes here, they are not studying anything about their sport right now, right? Barely any studying for school. They're probably just playing video games, right? So I think that's, and then they complain that they don't get the results that they don't want. They don't want. So it's, I don't know. I just, I love how, how you, how you studied about it. And I think it's important to show to people that like, look, if you want to go to the nationals and win, you know, that's like, you have to read a book about it, listen to a podcast, you know, and that, that works for life too. Well, if you do the same things that everyone else does, you're just going to get the same results as everyone else. So it also helps that I want to be a coach and kind of want to, you know, make money doing this. So, so that's also another motivation, but I think even if I wasn't, I would still be super interested in it and in research as well. Yeah, no, of course. And I mean, honestly, I don't want to be a coach, but when I was playing, um, everything I wanted to do is like, okay, what can I do to be, to become just a little bit better, right? Just a little bit better. And I mean, I think that that applies to any areas in our lives. Um, so I think it's important to, to mention that to people. Um, and going back to, to recover, um, man, I, I run, I don't know, 5k once in a while. And I mean, I'm getting better right now, my body in terms of recovering. Um, but what are some things that people can do in or some things that you do in order to recover, um, in a daily basis? Well, there's a lot of different things that you could do. It's mm -hmm. sort of like the best way of doing it is finding out which area of it that you need to fix. So there could be skeletal system recovery. There could be muscular system recovery, or there could be nervous system recovery. Like which ones are you really struggling with? One I'm struggling with right now is nervous system. So like, what should I do to make sure like my nervous system and like the overall energy of that is optimized and I'm ready to go for the workouts? For nervous system, sleep would be insanely important. Um, diet works on all three of those. So optimizing your diet, we could get into that if you want, but that could be a, a four-hour podcast in itself. Um, electrolytes are massively important for your nervous system recovery. So pounding electrolytes, getting as much sleep as possible, and napping is really great. Caffeine could work if it's like a workout day or something to give you a, a little artificial boost of nervous system like recovery. Um, so napping optimizing food, optimizing nutrition. Um, for muscular system, you could, you, you want to get the metabolic waste products. So like lactate and different like waste products from like your workout out of your muscles as, as much as possible and recirculating in the, in the bloodstream. So some lymphatic drainage with like Normatec boots. So like compression boots or like putting your legs up a wall works really well of flushing like lymphatic fluid and metabolic waste products and getting it back to your heart so it can recirculate. It's a great way of making your heavy legs. If that's kind of how you're feeling it, um, mm -hmm. feel a little bit more bouncy and poppy. Um, but also you could do some like massage or um foam rolling or something like that will also help they're all really um mechanisms to do the same thing mm -hmm. so you can stack them all and it may work better figure out what works for you um now skeletal system you could have some like inflammation this also is a little bit muscular system too but some inflammation if you have like inky 
achy joints like knees, ankles, hips, um, you need to recover from that. Then you need to tackle the inflammation. So that's going to be massively important with diet. Very like cut out seed oils, cut out like highly refined sugars. That's going to spike your blood sugar. You can have sugar, but just pair it with different things. That's not going to spike your blood sugar. So like pair it with fiber or something. So you're not getting the inflammation response from that. Um, like I said, seed oils, terrible for inflammation. You'll notice a big improvement with that. Um, having a lot of anti-inflammatory foods like berries, um, other foods that'll help that. You could dabble in some like non-steroidal anti-inflammatories like ibuprofen or something. Um, mm -hmm. Very limited use. Um, if you're going to use it chronically, maybe switch to like curcumin, um, high dose like cinnamon, uh, turmeric mm -hmm. with pepper or something mm -hmm. um like a, a natural anti-inflammatory something like that um and then like a free remedy ice bath uh that works really well for inflammation also for some nervous system strain as well that actually dramatically drops your nervous system strain or it spikes your nervous system strain but then once you get out of it it, it recovers better so mm -hmm. that's kind of a cool tip too for like nervous system strain but yeah, those are like the three big ones and some big movers in all three of those like areas. We can mm -hmm. go way deeper, but that's yeah. kind of the overview. Yeah, no, of course. And, and, I, and I like that. Um, and what would you say is the, I don't know, a few things that are extremely important for like general health, right? Like uh, when we're talking about we sleep, are we talking about eight hours? Is Do you think that's, that's a good amount? Uh, are we talking about, so if someone's going to run, you know, 5K, maybe three times a week, uh, are, should they be eating a lot of carbohydrates or not? Um, and I mean, I know it's different because everyone has, has a different schedule and it depends on how much they're doing and everything. But just in general, um, if someone is running, you know, two to three times a week, uh, 5K, and what 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 are the main things that they should be focusing on do you think yes so if you're just like a weekend warrior you're just running a couple times a week or whatever like that's not your main thing mm -hmm. nervous system strain especially if you have a high stressful job is probably going to be your biggest um mover and then probably inflammation but if you have a good diet inflammation won't be a problem mm -hmm. so sleep is going to be massively important like you were just talking about but it's very individualized it depends on how efficient you sleep and your breathing patterns when you sleep. If you're breathing through your mouth when you sleep and your oxygen, your pulse oxygen is like 80%, like you're getting, and you're getting eight hours of sleep, that's equivalent of like five hours of sleep. So you're going to need 12 hours of sleep to get the same amount. So it's, it's very individualized. It's, you should really be like, this is where um, the, body awareness kind of comes in like you should wake up and you shouldn't be tired then you probably did it right um mm -hmm. if you have quality sleep i have a garmin that that i wear and i have a whoop that i wear and they both track my sleep so uh, like i said i'm a nerd when it comes to that stuff so mm -hmm. i can afford to look through that like metrics and stuff but it's highly individualized but when you wake up and you're still tired you probably didn't sleep enough <laughs> like shocker mm -hmm. um yeah. so yes sleep is a big one fix your diet like sure if you think you need more carbs to be energized for a 5k like eat more carbs you're gonna burn it off it's fine but it's also like what's your goal are you trying to run the fastest you're trying to break 14 in a 5k or are you trying to break 30 minutes in a 5k so it's hard for me to give general advice like that but yeah. hopefully that sort of helps no it does it does it does for sure um 
And I mean, and what are, tell me just some of the things that um, you are doing for yourself right now, while you are in season, uh, what, what's your daily life right now when it comes to training, eating, like, do you go to the cafeteria to eat? Do you eat at home? Or do you take a nap in the afternoon? How does your routine look like? Yes. So I have classes Monday, Wednesday, Friday at like 11 o'clock. So Tuesday, Thursdays are really chill for me, which is super nice. But like a classic Monday, Wednesday, Friday, um, I wake up around 7, 7.30, um, check my like recovery score and stuff and, and figure out like what I need to be doing that day. Maybe that if it's a bad recovery score, absolutely. I will be taking a 30 to 45 minute nap in the afternoon for sure if I have time. Um, and then I'll, I'll eat. I always have like four eggs and a piece of sourdough bread for breakfast. Um, good proteins, some carbohydrates. I think eggs are a superfood really for all the micronutrients you need. I'll have, um, a sandwich and a sliver and uh berry smoothie for lunch, uh, right before like three hours before practice in between that time is when I do some like work for my like personal projects, but also some schoolwork. And then I have class from 11 to one. And then after 11 to two, actually, and then from two to three is when I'll have a snack, maybe take that nap if I have like the opportunity to, um, and then go to practice. Um, in terms of like recovery after practice, it, if it's an easy run, probably not a whole lot of much. Um, but if it's a workout, I'll hop in the recovery boots, uh, elevate my legs. Um, Epsom salt baths are great. I don't take them all the time, but if I'm preparing for a big workout or race, I'll take a warm Epsom salt bath that really helps with like replenishing magnesium. Um, uh, I do red light therapy after or before a workout, which helps with mitochondrial function and gives me a little bit of a boost in energy. I have a pretty extensive like nootropic and energy stack I take before big workouts um, that I don't really know if that affects my nervous system too much, but it probably does. It helps a little bit recover. Um, but it, it's pretty simple, um, simple enough. That's, that's about mm -hmm. it. That's, that's awesome. I mean, I think, uh, I don't know. It's, it's always good to see how people are doing a different, different routines, different. I just, everyone is different, but I think some of the things that we do end up being pretty similar to each other. You know, I, I like how you, you check your score right away and then you decide if you're going to take a nap or not. Uh, I think that's something that I haven't, I haven't done. I tried not to look at too, too early because uh, otherwise I'm going to like, Oh my God, I'm going to have a bad day because I didn't sleep well, <laughs> you know? Um, but it's nothing but, that a nap and some caffeine can't fix. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. I agree. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but right. Uh, I love, Everything that you mentioned, uh, I think that that's going to help a lot of people taking insights about health in general. Um, you know, athletes that are just like us in college and are trying to to have a higher performance and people that are just trying to to run a little faster, run a little longer. Um, but so to wrap it up, my last question, it's a question that I always ask the, the guest speakers, uh, what's your definition of success? Depends how deep I want to go on this. Um, <laughs> as you want. Okay. I think a general answer for a Christian like me would be, oh, to give 
glory to my heavenly creator. But I think that when like people say that um, and non-believers listen, they're like, oh, this is like some cheesy Bible thumper, like uh, turn it off. Like the pot, pot, probably people just turned off the podcast because I said that. But so to give people like unbelievers uh, a better answer, um, how to put this? Um, I, I listen to some Jordan Peterson often. Uh, I don't believe in everything he says, but he has a quote where and I don't really believe in this quote, but I like the thought process behind it. Mm-hmm. He says, the real or the true hell is when we die and we go before God and he shows us the person that we were meant to be. If we made all the right decisions, we did all the right things. He shows us that person. He shows their success. He shows how many people they influenced, et cetera, et cetera. So I guess. Simply put, my definition of success would be to as closely match that person that God would show me when I die. Like, make as many right decisions as possible. Like, not screw my life up too much and get it as close as possible. I know that I'm going to mess up. I'm a a broken person in a broken world. I'm going to mess up all the time. Mm -hmm. But what steps and what pieces of my life can I put? So that I am fall into temptation less and don't screw up as much. <laughs> I don't know. That's my definition of success. Maybe I should have thought about it a little bit more so I give you a better answer. But that that's it. No, no. I I like I like how how raw you went and just try to come up with something. Uh, and I heard of that before. Uh, I think it was from David Goggins mm. saying like, imagine you die and then you meet God and then, you know, oh, look at this guy. This is what, what you were supposed to be. But because, you know, you decided to stay in bed and do drugs and don't don't sleep enough, you know, and kind of just uh, screw around. That's why you didn't become that person. But that was God's plan for, for mm-hmm. you. But then you end up not doing it. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, again, something that I always say, man, I, I like to ask him that question because every time it's, it is a different um, definition and, and all of them just makes a lot of sense, right? It, there's no right or wrong. And, you know, every day I just agree every time with, with the, the guest speaker that I have, because like, yeah, I mean, I never heard of that, but I love it. You know, I'm going to take notes and, and add that to, to, to my definition. Uh, so yeah, I, I love that. What have you ever said what your definition of success is? Uh, I think I have, but I think I change it every time. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think it depends on what kind of phase of my life I am, mm. but something that I read a long time ago was the peace of mind of doing everything that you that you could right and honestly I struggle with that a little bit because I feel like so let's say I want to be um Super Bowl champion right and that was my dream and and for some reason I didn't achieve that um but I did everything I could, I still struggle to see myself as successful um, because I didn't achieve my goal, right? But I think it is okay to not achieve that goal 
because I still did everything I could. And, you know, it was just not meant to be. So I think I struggle. I love that. I love that. Um, but I still ser- I'm still searching for my definition, I would say. Um, but but would you say that like your definition is you find a pursuit and as long as you give everything you have to that pursuit, it's a success. Do you think that there's wrong pursuits? Um, I think, it, yes, I think, I think so. Um, but I think for, I don't know, 95% of the people, they are not going to be pursuing the wrong thing if they have that mindset, you know, if they're talking mm. about success, I don't think they're going to be pursuing something wrong. Uh, and I think throughout the process, they're going to gain a lot and that should be enough for them to feel successful. But the fact that I'm not feeling successful because I didn't achieve what I wanted to achieve. Um, I, I don't know. I, 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 it's it's a question that I, I struggle to think because I don't think you are ever pursuing the wrong thing. I think you might not know what the thing is, if that makes sense, right? So, like for example, let's say I want to become a a, a a Super Bowl champion, right? But at the end of my life, I becoming I become CEO of Apple, right? I think my goal in life, my purpose in life, was to become the CEO of Apple and not to become a Super Bowl champion, right? But because I was pursuing the the Super Bowl champion, I learned a lot and I gained a lot that made me become the CEO of Apple, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I uh, personally believe that there is only like one right mm-hmm. pursuit. So like as long as we're focused on the right pursuit and we do everything we can, like that's certainly a success. Mm-hmm. But like, I guess that's that's where different like a cynical view of or like a worldly view of like pursuit and yeah. like a more spiritual view like me I want to drag as many people to heaven as as possible with me. Mm-hmm. I think that's like the most noble pursuit like Jesus the the person who like everyone should look up to like I look up to the most like that's the person who I this is my god, right? Mm-hmm. His pursuit was to save the world, right? He he did that already. I don't have yeah. to do that. Yeah. But the thing I could do and should do and will do as much as I can was follow his teachings and mm-hmm. bring as many people to heaven as possible. So I think it, we differ in the fact that like our pursuits, I think there are dumb pursuits, <laughs> but there's yeah. also like the one noble pursuit. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And when I say... You know, I was talking more about goals. Um, mm, yeah, but when yeah. when we come when we talk about like pursuit or purpose in life, I don't think the purpose in life is to become a, a Super yes. Bowl champion, right? I think that's when it comes to you know helping others, um, influence people in a positive way. I think that's that's a pursuit, that's a purpose that people have in life. Um, I think when we talk about goals, then goals are more superficial. But when we talk about pursuits and purpose, that's when it becomes deeper and that's what we should focus on. And and I think when we think about the purpose that we have in life, that's when, you know, I think about success in like, yes, I did everything I could, you know, like because, you know, your your you mentioned your pursuit is to bring as many people to heaven, right? Well, there's no number, right? You're just gonna bring as much as you can. That means that 
if you do everything you can, you're going to bring an X number, right? And that X number is successful, period, right? But if you, but if you don't, but if you have something that's not as meaningful, um, and if you just have a, like a goal, something that's superficial, like become a national champion, um, and then you don't achieve that, then you're going to feel like a failure. And, but that doesn't mean that you are a failure, right? So I think, I think that we should be focusing on the purpose that we have in life, right? Why am I here? Why am I here? Like, why, why am I doing what I'm doing right now, right? Why were we talking about in this podcast, right? Are we trying to help other people? Are we trying to go viral and, and have more followers on Instagram? You know what I mean? So I think oh. once we, we focus, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when we focus on, on, the, on our purpose, I think, um, I think that's when we, we should focus on the success, right? It's, it's the success that we feel it should be connected to the purpose that we have not to superficial goals such as winning a trophy here or there, if that makes sense. Yeah, I really like that answer. Yeah, yeah, well, good. Um, it was a <laughs> tough answer. I think, you know, I try to think a, a lot about that, but I don't think I have an answer for it. Um, I think my mind just keeps going in loop and like, I don't know, what what are we doing here, right? But I think it's... Again, I think the the process it's something that we should be enjoying. We should focus on winning for sure. Um and but you know, we, we have we must enjoy the process, otherwise we're not gonna get there. Um so and what do you what do you think about winning? What do I think about winning? I really like it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like that's when pride comes in. Like pride mm. is is not something that like i think is a good thing um i think there's ways to win in a way that there is no pride and like all of the glory goes to you know god mm -hmm. um that's very hard to do i have not ever found that i would like to say i'm in the pursuit of that but i've never found the, a good way of doing that um i finish a race if i won I feel good about myself and I'm prideful about that. And that's wrong. Um, so I'm in continual pursuit of that. I think winning is completely fine. And it's, it, God calls us to be the best versions of ourselves, And if the best version of ourselves includes us winning, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, now it's like, what do you want to win for? Do you want to win for yourself? Do you want to win for that good feeling at the end? Or do you want to win? To gain respect, so then people will respect other opinions you have. So, like, if I was the slowest guy on my team and I was talking about Jesus, right? People are going to be like, that guy's dumb. He doesn't know what he's talking about because he can't even run fast, right? Mm -hmm. But if I'm fast, <laughs> or this this really works for anywhere in life. Like, you are a bum living under the, the bridge. It's going to be hard for you to reach people. Not that you can't, but it's going to be a little bit more difficult if you don't have that already respect. So it's like garnering some respect in one area so you can transfer it over to the, the more important area, in my opinion, in life. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a, a good answer either, but yes, I like winning. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I think it, I think it makes a, a lot of sense. You know, I think we see a lot of athletes when they win, they talk about God. Um, and I think it's, I understand that the, the pride side of it, um, but I think at the end of the day, like, um, 
you got there, you got to the cameras, and then you talked about God. And let's say your goal was to talk about God. I think there's no best way for you to, you know, win the Super Bowl like Patrick Mahomes did. And then he was talking about God. Um, if he lost and he was talking about God, people wouldn't care as much. Right. So I think that's that's a, a, a good way to um, to glorify God in a way for, for those that believe that. Yeah, but we're, we're, yes, yes. We're told to like, look like Jesus as much as possible. Like yeah. what would Jesus do if he showed up to track practice? He would give all of the effort, <laughs> 120%. He would give a thousand percent effort in every yeah. single rep or the intentionality of the workout. He would execute it to the best of its ability. But then what would he do outside of practice? He wouldn't be taught like gossiping. He wouldn't be doing these other things. So if Jesus was in a race and he did all of those things and had good training and did all of these things, like it's kind of a funny thought experiment. I haven't thought about this, but if Jesus was in track and field, he would probably win. And yeah. so I don't think it's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. So I, I guess we can agree that winning is a good thing, no matter what. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Yes, as well, long as it's ethical and you're doing the right things. <laughs> I agree. I agree. No cutting corners, no cheating. I, I don't think that's good. Um, <laughs> for sure. Well, Riley, thank you so much for your time. Um, it was it was a great conversation. Um, you made me think when we when you ask about about success, and I think that's and I love that. I love when when I have a, a headache, a good headache. Um, <laughs> And I love all the insights about running um, and all your your thoughts on running, on winning. And again, I think a lot of people are going to uh, feel like this is beneficial and, you know, they just they can get one sentence, one quote that we said here. I think we at the end of the day, we are we are winning for sure. Absolutely. Like Jesus, yeah. like winning. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, man. Thanks so much for, for joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me.